Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, please. Romans chapter 1. It's not a light thing to stand behind this pulpit. I I, uh, remember the first time at Madison Baptist Church when I preached on a Wednesday night. Uh, It was probably back in 1983, maybe about this time of the year. And uh, people were on vacation and... Uh, I think there were two people in the audience (laughs) because it was announced that Brother Nelson was going to (laughs) preach. So, hey, hey, we got more than two tonight. This is great. All right. Uh, I'm joking. We uh, this is this morning was the trial run. Okay, we practiced it on the on the uh, the morning crew and uh, they didn't run out screaming. So, hey, we're doing pretty good if we can keep you awake. And I, I know God has something for us. Tonight we're going to be talking about this matter of the just shall live by faith. The, we hear that all the time. Four times in Scripture it's, it's mentioned, the, the book of Habakkuk, the, uh, the book of Romans, uh, Galatians. It's, it's mentioned four times in Scripture, the just shall live by faith. But what does that mean? Well, tonight we're going to be looking at Scripture to determine what that means and how it's done. How do you recognize someone who's living by faith? And I think right here in this chapter, chapter 1 of Romans, we have an excellent illustration of a group of people or groups of people who are living by faith and the results of that. And that's what God wants us to do, obviously. If he says something one time in Scripture, we ought to be listening. If he says something twice, hey, you better perk up. But four times the just shall live by faith. Hebrews is the other book I was trying to think of where that was. But the just shall live by faith. And that is our life. When we receive Christ as our Savior, we receive him by faith. When we take his word, we take it by faith. You see, our faith is taking God at his word. And as we walk by faith, we live by faith. Corinthians tells us that we, 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 don't, we don't walk by sight, but we do walk by faith. How do we live then? The just, the saved, the redeemed, those of us who know Christ as Savior, the just shall live by faith. We'll take a look at Romans chapter 1, verse 17. We'll start there. Then we'll hit some other verses. We'll be laying a foundation uh, for the rest of uh, uh, the passages But in verse 17, he says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's not speaking they shall one day, maybe in heaven, they'll live by faith. No, no, no. They shall. It's guaranteed. It's it's our life. We shall live by faith. Let's bow in prayer. Father in heaven, as we bow before you, I'd ask you, Lord, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I do believe you've given this message for this, your people, this night. I'd ask you, Lord, to take your word deep into our hearts that we might consider this matter of the just shall live by faith. I pray, Lord, that you might give understanding from your word. We pray your Holy Spirit have free reign in our hearts. Send conviction of sin, Lord, that it might be confessed and forsaken. Lord... Do your work of grace in our hearts. Challenge us and change us according to your perfect will. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Now we find the, the apostles, the disciples, when, when they were walking with Jesus those three and a half years, and they had uh, some challenges, we, we understand. And uh, praise the Lord, we have the word of God that's true from cover to cover, and it tells us in detail uh, their situations. If I were going to write a book uh, about uh, the, the fathers of our faith, I wouldn't put the bad stuff in, but God did, because <clears throat> there's bad stuff in our life, isn't there? And there's so many times where we fail ourselves and we fail our God. We fail one another, and it's all right there. The good, the bad, the, and the worse. And uh, tonight, uh, let me just remind you of, of what took place in the lives of the disciples. Listen to this. It, in Matthew in chapter 8, verse 26, it says, And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? His disciples at times, not all the time, his disciples at times had little faith. It wasn't much, but it was there. It doesn't say the just shall live by much faith. It doesn't say the, the just shall live by some faith. But the just shall live by faith. They were living by faith, but boy, their faith was minuscule when it was on uh, the Sea of Galilee and their ship was sinking. And Lord, don't you care? <laughs> we're sinking. Don't, don't you care? He cared. He cared so much for them that he put them through the test, didn't he? So sometimes they had little faith. Sometimes it goes, it goes even more. In, in Mark 4.40 it says, And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So a disciple can have little faith. And at times these disciples had no faith. No faith. I think we're the same. He says in Luke chapter 8, verse 25, he said unto them, where is your faith? Where is it? 228 times this word faith and other words such as believe, trust, related to faith. And the very matter of fact, the same root word or variations of it. This matter of faith is believing, leaning on, having full confidence in this matter of Faith, the just shall live by faith. Little faith, no faith, hidden faith. Tonight, God wants us to have greater faith. He wants us to have faith that will do some things in the lives of others around us. We're going to see that in these scriptures in just a few moments. Let me, first of all, lay the foundation. The foundation is this, <clears throat> where is your faith based What's the foundation of your faith? In Uganda, I shared with the, <clears throat> the group this morning, in Uganda, the buildings, when we first went there in, in 1994, uh, the buildings, you, you see somewhere the windows were busted out, the roofs were missing, there bullet holes in some of the, in the hotels and stuff. And they, had, they had a number of wars. Uh, sometimes there were tanks, burned out tanks along the sides of the road. And it was a reminder, a stark reminder that, wow, they had some tough days. But a lot of times there was, there was a half-built building. You weren't sure if it was destroyed or it just wasn't built yet. And for the most part, we found out later, for the most part, they were simply building brick by brick. And it took years. And so it looked like an old building because it was an old building, but it was only half done. No roof, no doors, no windows. Uh, but they were get enough money or make enough bricks, and then they'd add a few more bricks to it. Well, that's interesting. The foundation was still there. 
Sometimes because it was an old building and because of the, the trees would grow up around this old foundation, even though they were building a new structure, a new house, sometimes the bricks had to be taken down and the, the foundation had to be rediscovered, had to be swept off, cleaned up. And then on that clean foundation, that sure foundation, the building could be built. God wants to do the very same thing in our lives. Sometimes because we have no faith or little faith or hidden faith, God wants us to get back to the foundation, sweep it off, clean it up, so he can build on the foundation of faith in our lives. But the question then is, faith in what? Because you see, the world has faith in circumstances. They have faith in their achievements. They have faith in dreams, <laughs> visions. They have faith in, uh, in, in, in their sight, what they can see. No, no. Hey, we're to have faith in God. Hebrews, you, you know these verses. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, Now faith is the substance, the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Our faith is not subjective. It can be touched. Here it is. Our faith, the foundation of our faith, is right here in these holy pages called the Bible. He has written it for us. He has preserved it for us. He's kept it word for word. And we're to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Here they are. These are the words that God wants us to have. You see, sometimes we need to remove the foundation clutter. Those things that aren't true. Those things that don't really count. And get back to the truth. The true foundation. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's, it's substance. The evidence of things not seen. We don't see these things, but they're there. They're true. They're right. Verse 6 in that same chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's faith. That's faith. Interesting. Paul said, fight the good faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good faith. Faith is a struggle. Faith does not come automatically. Faith doesn't come because we want to have faith. Faith is a spiritual gift from God. And as we accept it, as we believe him, as we trust him, there's faith. It grows. Faith, Colossians 2.6, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive him? By faith. Faith. The just shall live by faith. There's a picture of faith. The pastor has a picture of, of faith in his office. You've seen it, I think. Have you not seen the picture he has? It's a picture of nothing. <laughs> Literally, if you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? There's a, okay, good. You've seen it. All right. I kind of saw the, the, like a calf looking at a new gate. Okay, what, what is he saying? But he has a picture of nothing. It's a nice frame. But it has this verse. Let's turn there. Can we turn there? Uh, and this is the very picture of faith. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Marvelous picture. 
Oh, this chapter. Oh, I tell you, I'd like to preach through First Peter. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful chapter. But here, here is the picture of true faith. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8, whom, speaking of Jesus Christ in verse 7, Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Do you love Jesus? Have you seen him? Oh, with spiritual eyes you have, yes. With spiritual ears you have, yes. With a heart of understanding by faith, yes. Yes, we can see, we can hear, we can know him, we can walk with him. The just shall live by faith. He goes on, he says, having, whom having not seen, you love in whom, though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's our God. We're to live by faith. Here's the very picture of that, of that faith. Now, here we go. I'm going to, we're going to give you the foundation. It's obvious. I've already mentioned it. It is in God's word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. But for faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. You understand? There's two things it's talking about there in Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our spiritual hearing comes by the word of God. And our hearing spiritually, he speaks to us by the word of God. That's our very core of our faith. That's the very central part of it. It is the word of God. The word of God shall not pass away. It's eternal. God's words are eternal. God is so good. Listen, uh, Matthew 25 I'm sorry, Matthew 24, verse 35. You know these verses. I'm just going to share a few of them with you. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. His word is here to stay. Hey, listen, we can have visions. We can have dreams. We can have uh, our own what we think faith is, but it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what God says. That's it. And the time where we actually receive God's word and say, okay, I believe God's word is God's word. Here's here's the problem that we have with the word of God. And that is so many take part of it, but don't take all of it. I appreciate our pastor's stand. I appreciate the stand of our church in that the entire council, the entire book, 66 books from Genesis to Revelation, they are the words of God. And we live by those words. We take them literally. We take them at face value. And because we simply take God at his word, that is faith. That's how we walk by faith. That's why some would think that we're a cult or some kind of a, uh, a strange group. 150 years ago, anybody that preached the gospel preached out of this Bible. Hey, 100 years ago, they had 50 years ago, most were using this Bible. And how things have changed. Oh, we see how our culture has changed. Has it not changed very quickly, very recently? Well, the spiritual culture has changed just that quickly. I appreciate our pastor and his stand on the word of God. Matthew 4.4 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works. That's not just thoroughly. That's throughly. That's inside and out. That's God's work, God's word working in you and through you to reach others. It's the word of God. There's the very basis. There's the very foundation. Let's get back to the word of God. Let's stay on the word of God. Living by faith, the just shall live by faith. It, it is all on the word of God. Faith in God's word. Faith is objective. It is not subjective. This is the objective part. What God says, it's right here in print. And when we take him at his word, that's when God does things. Hebrews 4.2, we've shared this before in other times, but Hebrews 4.2, and the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them, but the gospel preached did not profit them. Here's why. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. I can remember in 1976, I trusted Christ as my personal Savior. First time out in a little independent Baptist church. The first service, my friend kept badgering me and troubling me. You got to come. You got to come. You got to come. I said, man, I'm not coming. You're just, you're bugging me. He said, hey, we've got a contest. You can come. Just come so we can win the contest. The, the team that has the most visitors, they, they get a chicken bone or something. I don't know what they got. It was. It was something like that. And so I said, okay, I can come. Maybe this will get him off my back. So my wife and I went, and we went to the church. And the first time out, I stepped out. I came forward. I took Christ as my Savior. Praise God. But here is the key. It was because finally I realized that this was God's word, and it was God's word to me. And that foundation of faith was that what God says is true, what I think may or may not be true and most likely isn't true, but what God says is pure, it's true, it's right altogether, the word of God. Now, we've talked about these things before. God is so good. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. James says it this way, of his own will begat he us. He birthed us again. By his own will he begat he us with the word of truth. That's our God. We have the foundation, all right? If we're going to live by faith, it has to be according to the word of God. And if we're going to butcher the word of God, if we're going to take some of it but not all of it, then don't take any of it. When we compromise on the word of God, we compromise on our very own faith. You understand that? And so if we're compromising on the word of God, we're not going to be walking by faith. We're not going to be living by faith. We're going to be living on our own thoughts or our own desires or our own selfishness. But if we take God's word as it is indeed the word of God, my dear friends, listen, we have that opportunity now to walk and live by faith as those that have gone on before us have done just that. How are you doing today? How's your foundation? How's the foundation of your faith? We've got more to go, but that's the start. We're going to talk about three aspects of our faith, and the foundation is the first. And by the way, the foundation of our faith is creation also. If you'll if you go back to, to Romans chapter 1, and we're going to, we're going to 
dig into some, some verses here, but in Romans chapter 1, notice what he says in, in verse 19. In Romans 1.19, he says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God's word simply clarifies and confirms his creation. And once we, once we accept and, and we realize and we take for, for the truth that it is that God's word is true, every word of it's true, and every word of it God means, then it makes everything else, creation, everything that God does, it sets it right in the right order. So we have faith in God's word. We have faith in God's work, in creation, in salvation, in service. Listen, I, I'm encouraged to look back and see how God called me to salvation. How about you? As you look and see how God has called you to salvation, that ought to encourage your faith, that ought to strengthen your faith that God is doing this. It's not you. It's God. By his own will, he begot us. Not by the will of man, but God. He's moving. He's working. As God calls you to a certain task, as God calls you uh, to a certain ministry, as God calls you to a church, it's God working in you. He's that one, the Holy Spirit is using his word and directing you and leading you. That ought to encourage our faith. And it's God's will. Not only his, his word and his work, God's will. It encourages our faith. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, metamorphosis, like a caterpillar into a butterfly, a completely different creature. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, listen, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you prove that? Can you prove God's will and his work in your life? You can as you submit yourself to him and as he transforms you, now, we're laying a foundation. The foundation is in God's word and creation and the work of God and uh, his, his will, the will of God in your life. It all works to substantiate God's word is true. He is there. He is active. He is here. Sometimes in circumstances and situations, we feel like uh, we're just abandoned. Where's God when we need him? Oh, no, God is here. And yes, we do need him and God is here. Let's walk by faith. As we were saved, truly born again at the age of 13, I made a decision, uh, but I didn't get saved. I went up front. I signed a card. They baptized me, but I didn't trust Christ. I had no clue on what sin was. I had no clue that Christ died for my, for my sins and paid my debt. And all I had to do now was to receive him by faith. But when I did that some 10 years later, oh, praise God. He made all the difference. The just shall live by faith. There's the foundation. It's the word of God. The foundation is how we walk by faith, how we live by faith. Not only that, we have the, the, also the, the fame of our faith, the fame of our faith. 
The foundation is the word of God. Are you still in Romans chapter 1? Look what it says in verse 8. In Romans chapter 1, verse 8, we're, we're, we're going to see here that, there, that faith has a fame. When someone is living and walking by faith, there is a testimony that follows them. There is a fame, if you will. There is something that people notice. It's true with these people in the book of Romans. Now, remember, Paul wrote this from Corinth. Corinth is not a huge distance from, uh, from Rome, but he wrote that letter. Uh, Corinth is in the, in the lower part, the southern part of Greece. The next isthmus down is, is Rome. And uh, if you look on the map, it's, just a, it's not a short distance, but it's fairly close. It's closer than Asia, closer than, uh, than Israel. It's around the corner and not exactly neighbors, but it's, it's doable. It's reachable. And the Apostle Paul didn't know anybody there. That is, he hadn't been to Rome, but he had met a lot of people now who are in Rome because in chapter 16, we find he lists a number of names. And a lot of these people were already known by the people in Rome. Now, he doesn't write this letter to the church at Rome. He writes the Corinthians, the church at Corinth, the church of God at Corinth, but, but not this one. Verse 7, look at what it says in verse 7. He says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you, peace from our God, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's writing to groups, small groups, small churches perhaps, small congregations of believers throughout the, 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 the Rome area. And I want to let you know something about these people. Well, we'll let God's word tell us something about these people. Look at verse number 8. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Now, he doesn't say for y'all. He says for you all. Okay, that's close. But first, he praises them. He gives honor and glory, not, not praise toward them, praise towards God for their situation. Notice next, he says, for that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Wow, what a, what a bunch of believers. The, those in Rome, their faith was spoken of throughout the whole world. Remember, uh, the Apostle Paul had a, a whole entourage of missionaries with him. Aquila and Priscilla had been in Rome and they were expelled because they expelled the, the Jews out of Rome. And he met them in Corinth. But yet there were many other believers in Rome. They were under persecution and he has a desire to be there with them. He's writing this letter to tell them, hey, I'm, I'm praising God for you. And so let me say this. If there's true faith, if, if there's truly someone living by faith, then there's going to be a fame about them. There's going to be a testimony about them. It produces praise. That's what verse 8 says. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Wow. By the way, the testimony of Madison Baptist Church is known in many places around the world. Many places. In many countries around the world, our Sunday services are listened to online. I know because some of, some, some of the people that I know, and I used to pastor overseas, they're in various parts of the world now, and they're listening to the, to the broadcast here online because it's, the testimony of this church that we stand for truth, that we want to seek God, that we like, that, that we have his word, 
that we want to walk by faith. We want to live by faith. Indeed, the just shall live by faith. So the fame of these people, it brought praise to the lips of the Apostle Paul. For God is my witness. I'm sorry, uh, verse 8 again. I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. There's praise of testimony. Worldwide praise. But then he says in verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing, now not only does he praise God for their faith, but he says, Now, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. It produces not only praise to God, but prayers to God. Faith in him produced prayers and praise to him. When I see what God does in the lives of others, I'm more likely to be praying for them. Next week, we hope we'll have an interview with, we're going to record this interview because this church service is the same time ours is. But uh, Bob Nichols Jr. in Franca, uh, Brazil, we're going to be, next week we'll be recording an interview with him because God's doing something in that little church. Four years ago, I was there when they chartered the church. I was able to speak to the people and and there was just, uh, just a couple of folks there. I mean, it was small. It was small. And I'm thinking, I don't know how wise it is to charter a church with such few people, family members and an assistant and one or two others. But God's doing something. And God's growing that ministry because of the faith of those people. And now we're hearing about their faith. And now we give praise and honor and glory to God for what he's doing. But listen, it doesn't stop there. We pray. Now we know what God's doing. We pray for that. We prayed for Brother Terry when he was uh, gone to the Philippines. And we praise God that his grandchildren, four more of his grandchildren, trusted Christ as Savior. Listen, when we see God working, that causes us to praise and it causes us to pray. That's what I'm talking about. That, my friend, is the fame of our faith. Not only does it produce praise and prayer, it produces plans. The Apostle Paul goes on in verse 10. He says, making requests. Here's here's Paul's prayer request. Here's what he's been praying for. Making requests, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. You Is this guy a vacationary? I thought he was a missionary. He's just kind of traveling around, uh, uh, fellowshipping here and fellowshipping there, just kind of, no, no, he has a purpose for this plan. And the faith that they had, because their faith was heard throughout the whole known world, the faith of these people, the just shall, shall live by faith. Hey, attention was given to them. He wants to go there. He wants to get in on this. He wants to encourage them. So it produced praise, it produced prayer, it produced plans. He wanted a prosperous journey, a blessed journey by the will of God. God, will you let me come to Rome? Will you let me go to Rome? Well, guess what? He made it. But it wasn't the exact way that he wanted to go. Do you know how it went for him? You understand that when he left Corinth, this is his third missionary journey, when he wrote this book, and as his third missionary journey, then he, he left Corinth. He went back up through Achaia, left Achaia, went up back through Macedonia, and then down uh, to, uh, to Ephesus, and then said goodbye to them. On to Jerusalem with the gift that he had collected uh, for the poor saints in Jerusalem. And then in jail he went. And for the next years, he was in bonds 
at least two years in bonds, and then he finally made it to Rome by a shipwreck. <laughs> but he had free passage. Didn't cost him a cent. <laughs> he had a personal guide. He was chained to him. <laughs> he was able, hey, when he got to Rome, here's the, the amazing thing. People met him on the way. You're Paul. Yes, we've heard about you. And he met these Gentile converts on the way and Jewish converts as well. And then when he, when he hired his own house there uh, in Rome, he was able then... Uh, to, to invite the, the Jewish leaders in and, and they were discussing and, and uh, uh, sharing the gospel and, and talking about the word of God. God was doing some mighty things, but listen, God answered those prayers. Again, verse 10, he says, making request if by any means, well, there was a means. He was a prisoner. And by the way, that wasn't his only journey to Rome. He had another journey to Rome. And it was so great that he just went on to heaven from there. He lost his head over it all. If by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. The just shall live by faith. This man lived by faith. These people in Rome, they lived by faith. We're going to see more. Look at what verse 11 says. You see, not only do we have the foundation of our faith and the fame of our faith, but we have the fruit of our faith. And verse 11 talks about some of that fruit quickly. He says, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. Here's his reason for wanting to come. He wants to share some spiritual truths. He wants to grow them. He wants to ground them. He wants to settle them in the word of God to build them up and to send them out for the very purpose of God. That's God working in him and through him, but he's excited about doing that. He wants to be there in Rome to do that, and he, he done it. He did it. God enabled him. Stay with me. There's more. He says in verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Oh, so now Paul's a vacationary. He's going to take a little trip to Rome. Oh, yeah, in chains, in bonds being mistreated, being beaten. That's not new to him. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He understood that. He wrote that, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And now he says, I want to be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And that's true fellowship. Well, I appreciate the, the missionaries. As Brother D.A. said earlier, I, I appreciate the fellowship. We have such a limited fellowship. But I, there's nothing like it. I know from my experience, when you're gone for some years and you come back just for a short time, it's like no time has passed at all. Everything you take up the next, the next sentence was like the one you just left four years ago. And you just kind of pick up right there. But the fellowship is so sweet. You have that camaraderie. You know that God's working in them and God's working in you. And when you get together, boy, there's a great working. And we're going to see more of that. So... The fruit of their faith is that it, first of all, faith, true faith, someone who's living by faith, it imparts spiritual gifts to others. It comforts others and comforts yourself as well. And it also creates, it creates a desire for more fruit. Notice what it says in verse 13. He says, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come to you, but was led hitherto. That I, might all, that I might have some fruit among you, even as among other Gentiles. He wants to see them saved. And someone who's walking and someone who's living by faith, 
there's a desire to see others to know that faith. And when someone is not living by faith, or if God has to say, where is your faith? Or you have no faith, then you have no desire to see others come to know Christ. You have no desire to truly serve him from the heart. Makes all the difference. How are you doing? How's your foundation? How is your fame? How is your fruit? The just shall live by faith. He says in verse 14, not only does faith comfort and create, faith owes, it creates a debt. Did you know that? Your faith in Christ creates a debt. It ought to. It needs to. It did in the Apostle Paul. And as he records this here in verse 14, that debt is not to Christ. Jesus gave him the free gift of salvation, not by works, lest any man should boast. A free gift. And that gift was received by the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Listen to me. That free gift created a debt. The debt is to those for whom Christ died, which is everyone. But the debt is towards those who have not heard and those who have not received Christ as Savior. That's the debt. And he is the propitiation for our sins. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. But not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Are you with me? So those who walk by faith, those who are living by faith, understand there's a debt to pay. The song says, he paid a debt that he did not owe, and I owe a debt that I could not pay. That's so true. But the debt goes on, not just the sin debt, but the death of Jesus Christ, our propitiation, our satisfaction, our atonement is for others, not just for us. It's for whosoever will. And that's why he says, I am debtor, both to the Greek and to the barbarian, to the wise and to the unwise, to everyone. I am a debtor to share Christ. So as much as in me is, verse 15, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. It imparts, it comforts, it creates, it owes the debt, and it goes to deliver that debt. That's why he's, not a, he, he's ready to preach the gospel. Verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It reveals, it reaches. Look at verse 17. This is where he started. In verse 17 it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Where? How, where's the righteousness of God revealed? Hey, the just shall, walk by, shall live by faith. And as, as, as the foundation of faith is, is cleaned off and swept off and, and begin to build back up uh, uh, on the word of God, and the, the fame of our faith is, is known by others, and by the way, your faith will not be silenced. And the darker the world, the brighter the light. I'll guarantee you there's people watching and listening to you. Be careful what you say. Be careful You're with your actions and your attitude. God's watching, but God's using that in your life. And the fruit needs to be there. You say, well, well preacher, I, I, I'm, I'm walking by faith. I'm living by faith. <laughs> well, do you meet these? Is your faith giving praise to others, causing others to pray? Is your faith producing plans to encourage others? Does it impart spiritual gifts? Does it comfort fellowship of other believers? Does it pay the debt that's owed to those who haven't heard? Does it go to deliver that, that debt? Does it know the power of God and does it reveal 
the righteousness of God. Verse 17, here's the key. For therein, all these verses we talked about, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Did you catch that? Here it is, watch. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. As iron sharpens iron, your faith sharpens my faith. My faith has the ability to sharpen your faith. But unless that faith is exercised in obedience and in holiness and according to God's word, according to his way, it does not work. And we can say, yes, I'm living by faith. Well, you might be saved by faith, but you may indeed not be living by faith unless there's a fame, unless there's a a fruit that's attached to it. Are you bringing others to Christ? Are you desiring to know him, to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you seeking him with all your heart? You see, the just shall live by faith. I've shared this before. I'll close with this illustration. When I was in Uganda, it was probably about 1995, I went to a little village on the, on the border of then Zaire and Uganda. It was in Uganda, but Zaire was down a, an embankment and they were having their civil war. It's now the Democratic Republic of Congo. They were changing their name. The government was changing. There was a lot of fighting. The fighting had entered into Uganda from time to time as well. We were at our assistant pastor's village, and uh, we preached, came back to the car. I've told this story before, so pardon me for some who've heard it, but it wouldn't start. Now, it took us five hours to get there. It was only 50 miles from our home. We didn't pass one vehicle, not one service station. There's no AAA there's no help. There's no Tom Palmer and Lighthouse saying, come help me. Come pick up my car. <laughs> wasn't there. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even a road. It was, we call it a river road because that's what it was. It was a dried river, bumpy rocks. That's all it was, just a river. And there were, because there's no trees, you could travel on that. It took us five hours to get 50 miles. We preached, and now the car won't start. So we had a, a pack, it was a little a Zuzu trooper. It was packed full of other preacher boys and men from our Bible Institute. So I said, guys, get out and push. And, and they pushed. I guess they could have pushed us home. It would have been taking a while. But it wouldn't start. It just wouldn't start. I thought, wow, that's strange. Took the battery out. Took it to a place that had a grinding mill. They used a, a, a little truck engine to, to use the grinding mill. So we took the battery. It was about a mile. The rain was coming. And we got the battery there. We hooked it up. And the guy charged me. Uh, two weeks worth of wages to charge the battery for 15 minutes. Then we took it back and, okay, and nothing happened. And someone came up with a novel idea. He said, Pastor, why don't we pray? <laughs> oh, oh. I said, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> good idea. So we prayed. Don't know what we're going to do. There's no other vehicles around, no gas station, nothing. We're just out in the middle of and the war is there, and at nighttime they come up and raid the villages, and that was one of the villages that they thought might be raided. I wanted to go home. <laughs> After we prayed, the little, we heard a noise coming down that river road, and it was a pickup truck. The, the only vehicle we'd seen all day, and the pickup truck was a little rattly thing, a little Nissan pickup truck. 
And uh, there were about 17, 18 of us. We, we blocked the road and made <laughs> stop. And the poor driver, I knew he thought it was being robbed. We were, whatever it was going to take, we were going to do what we needed to do. I had jumper cables. And it looked like a snake I was holding. You know, I said, ah, here we go. And I said, we're going to jump from your battery to mine. And we're going to get out of here. He says, oh, Mazungu, please. He says, no, 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 no. My truck does not jump. And I said, no, you don't understand. We're going to take the power from your battery into my battery and we'll be on our way. He says, no, it's not my truck. It belongs to the school. I said, it's okay. It won't hurt your car. So I lifted the the bonnet, the hood, and there, lo and behold, was the battery, a little tiny motorcycle battery. (laughs) I don't know how that truck was even running. Now, I had this great big 120-amp big jobber in my trooper, and he had this little battery. I thought, there's no way. (laughs) But it's the only way. Then somebody else came up with another novel idea. Pastor, why don't we pray? Again. We got on our knees that time in a circle holding hands. (laughs) We were serious. Whatever it takes. Lord, please help us. We connected the terminals, and again, the man says, please don't make my truck jump. I said, your truck's not going to jump. It's going to be all right. Just be quiet. We're doing this. It's going to be okay. That little battery with the terminals twisted, the wires just twisted around it. I don't know how this truck was running. We hooked it up. We prayed. We sought the God of heaven, and we turned the key. It cranked right up like a brand-new battery. What? And the man was happy his truck didn't jump. <laughs> so I took the jumper cables off, and I mean, he thought it was something. He'd never seen anything like that. Now, wait a minute. That little tiny battery is like a little tiny faith that we have, just a little minuscule faith. Jesus might ask us, Where is your faith? I can't even see it. Oh, your faith is so little, so weak, so small. Why, why is your faith so little? And it jumped off that great big battery, gave it just enough voltage so the motor would turn over. And sure enough, we got on our way and we went home down that bumpy river road, praising God all the way. You see, verse 17 talks about that. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written... The just shall live by faith. We will live by faith. Either great faith or little faith, but together faith. That's what the church is all about. That's what the Great Commission is all about. Our faith to their faith. Jumpstarting others around the world. How is your faith? Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, as the man in the scriptures said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Would you help our faith today? Lord, as the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith, speaking of forgiving others. Lord, would you increase our faith today? The foundation is sure. We understand it is the word of God and we uh, Again, call upon you, Lord, to to take your word deep into our heart, cleanse our hearts and our minds. 
Lord, forgive us for taking so casually your holy, holy word. But Lord, not only the foundation, the fruit of faith needs to be there. And we'd ask you, Lord, to take that fruit, Lord, and spread it to others. That the fame of our faith might be known and might speak in a very loud and clear way to a dark and silenced world. Thank you for Madison Baptist Church, this, your people. Here we are. I pray, Lord, as you've commanded, the just shall live by faith. Might we live by faith, a greater faith, a true faith, a power-seen faith, faith in you, faith in your word, faith in your promises, faith in your performance, you've done it all. For we pray in Jesus' holy name, amen.